Voice of America, Washington, D.C., signing on. And welcome to another episode of Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org. I, of course, am NC Scout coming at you live from the Brush Beater Training and Consulting Global Headquarters. And I am sitting here live with the man, the myth, the legend, my partner in thought crime, a man that you typically will hear on Sons of Liberty Live, but it's been a minute since we have done a podcast with just you and I together, Mr. Joe Dolio of TacticalWisdom.com. What's up, brother? Hey, not much. It has been a minute, but uh, that's because we tend to do a lot of things in real life together. We don't we don't catch up <laughs> on podcasts very often. Uh, I think over this summer, my wife said hey. I spent more weekends with you uh, than I did with her, but that's it's true. Fun. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It, it's it's true. All of it. All of it. <laughs> so, yeah, in fact, uh, yeah. as we speak, I've got a mountain of gear around me that uh, I'm throwing in bags to come down to the uh, world headquarters of the uh, Brush Beard Training uh, and Consulting. The Gorilla Camp, located deep in the heart of rural northern North Carolina. See, it's a, that, that's the thing. Like Alex Jones is, you know, he's got his he's got his command center, the Infowars.com command center. Brushbeater.store has a command center as well. The gorilla camp. Because we do real things. Alpha alpha male X there like he does, or, or no? No. no. <laughs> why why do I need to sell you a product to make you what you already should be? This uh, is true. You know, like I, I heard that you know when when guys show up up here, they they immediately start growing beards and get those <laughs> get the, go those good Chechen features and just start popping out. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just they Crazy. start growing chest hair immediately. They're like, man, wow! Like, it's wow, like, it's, man, I never had a mustache and a beard. I showed up here full one. I look like <laughs> one of the robbers. Like I, I have a sudden urge to go break horses and split wood. I'm not sure what's what's going nice. on here. I don't know. I don't like, even know man. what happened. Yeah, like like Charles Bronson is he approves of this? Like hell yeah, this is this this is shit. But speaking of speaking of, I heard a I heard a rumor, a nasty oh, rumor. 
rumors and innuendo, you know, you have to kind of take those with a grain of salt. But we've been goading you about something for a long time now. Mm -hmm. And I, I have it on good authority that Tactical Wisdom Volume 5, TW-05, is a number one new bestseller on Amazon. It That's is. what I heard. It is. That's and, what and I heard. Know, you know, it's even cooler. It is the number two book in all of first aid and Amazon uh, behind uh, Joseph Alton's survival medicine. You know what? That's a darn good place to be. I'll take it. Wow. Uh, it, it is pretty solid place yeah. to be because everyone knows that book. It's a solid book and I'm right there with it. So I'm pretty happy with it. And um, I've sold a bunch of signed copies on my site, uh, pre-orders. They'll be here. They'll get here right after I leave, of course. So I won't get get to them till I get back. But uh, pretty cool. So if you're looking for uh, for the, the first aid manual, a lot of people didn't even know it was out. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon if you want it in a couple of days. If you don't mind waiting a few days for it, you can get a signed copy over at tactical-wisdom.com. You're bringing a few down to class, aren't you? I don't have any yet. Oh, oh, shit, that's right. Because yeah, Amazon, it, you get your books. The rest, but Amazon hates authors, man. They take forever to they get do. us our books. So. And not only that, if if your book performs really well, they'll uh, they'll get those magic chat GPT elves to go out there and rip it off. Yeah. You know? It's, oh, yeah. It's, I, I know can't wait for them to get you, man. <laughs> They, they're going to get you. The magic elves will get you, man. I'm telling you. They got me. They, they, you know what I noticed, though, me. this time? This time you have to disclose if you used AI to write the book. And yeah. I believe that they're yeah. not allowing it anymore. So, so hopefully they that say, cuts down on a lot of that crap. Well, who Who is enforcing that, though? You know? Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, oh, just we investigated ourselves. And, yeah. We, we investigated ourselves and found no wrongdoing. <laughs> now, they're, they're doing that stuff, man. They do that stuff. They don't, they, they yeah. It's, it's like there, there's a, there, there is a new, yet again, there's a new Balfang book out there. Uh, yeah. Not authored by me, by the way. It was, uh, I noticed it when Kay was out here for a combat studies group. Uh, he was out here for Ground Rod. And uh, we, we were, playing around doing some stuff on the internet and uh he's like man have you seen this and i said no took a look at it and it's written by uh by a uh author named alex ranger alex ranger oh. yeah, it's like oh that doesn't sound made cool. up at all <laughs> no no not at all i mean you know i have a nom de plume and they, yeah, enough people know who i am they come to class i'm a very public visible publicly visible person as are you you know it's just but i mean if i i wrote a book you know it, i've been i've been in this game a long time i have a big following if i wrote a book under any other name other than nc scout nobody they'd be like well, who's this dude like who's this guy yeah, yeah. nc scout guy's been writing since 2015 about combo things like he's he's a respected name this other guy who the hell is this yeah. You know, like whatever it is what it is, man. It is what well, it, but, just changed like one or two words in the in the title: the definitive guide, the the warfighter's <laughs> guide, the resistance <laughs> leader's guide, <laughs> like, the, the dude. ultimate 
gorilla's manual 10 and one like that's it was like 10 and one what the what what is the fucking 10 like 10 what is the 10 and what is the one like what where do you where's the demarcation here like did you write an anthology of a bunch of articles and put them together what is this that make no sense man and that didn't make, make no sense. Don't make any sense at all. Like, what what is this? You crack them open. I'll tell you how you like anybody out there is wondering, like, how do you spot a fake? Pop that sucker open. And if there are no images in it at all, I mean, what kind of a what kind of a manual on like any any practical knowledge? Like zero images? Like, all right, is this a Balfang radio book? Like a handbook on how to use it. There ain't no images in this book. Come on, man. I need a picture of the radio. <laughs> Not even a picture of the radio. And if they tell you in like the first couple paragraphs, you know, where the Baofeng was made in China. Yeah, Chat GPT wrote that. Period. Like, period. End of story. They wrote it. Nobody gives a shit where it was made. Like, it was made in China. Who cares? Okay. Whatever. Like, you know that. If you buy the radio and you don't know that, well... Because, you know, Balfang ain't exactly a Anglican word. <laughs> it's, just, it's not how Europeans or, or Latinos or, you know, Africans, it's not it's not how they speak, man. It's just, you know what, you know, what I think is funny like, is when you, when you start talking about Balfangs and guys are like, you need to get you a good quality radio like an American radio like Motorola. <laughs> Which is made in Malaysia and assembled by Chinese people. Congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> that's that's the running joke now, man. Is the, the guys that'll be like, you know, you need to Japanese radio. I'm like, dude, all, all the Japanese radios are also made in China. Yeah, they're like shipped over like, in parts, and a Japanese dude attaches two screws, and now it's a Japanese made radio. No, yeah. it's not. Man, it's the same in the ATV industry. It's the same in the auto industry now, too. There's a lot of stuff that's made in China. But ATV industry, man, like like Arctic Cat, for example. I know like Arctic Cat's over in Michigan or no, Minnesota. Minnesota is where they are. But um, it's like all all of their ATVs that are under uh, 500cc are all made in China, like all of them. And they bring them over. And I mean, you know, I I personally wouldn't buy one like the, the Chinese branded stuff. Cause man, I'm a, I'm a diehard, you know, Yamaha and Honda guy, but I'm going to tell you though, some of their generators, you know, the Harbor freight predator generators. I got a few of those. They're good to go. Hey, all I needed to do is make electricity. I don't really care that much about who made it. Yeah. Nah. They're good to go though, man. The the yeah. power inverter ones, the little little quiet ones that they make yeah. that that are like they're like the Honda two thousand or whatever. I got a couple of those. They're really, really good for the money. You know, uh, I have they're a really good for the generator I have. Um when I was working uh, as a as a corporate investigator for for Dollar General. I was, we were working this big organized retail fraud case and uh, this state trooper was like, oh, hey, by the way, that's some of your merchandise from the raid over there. I'm like, what? He goes, those two generators, those are yours from the raid. Take them. You guys can take them back. I'm like, we don't sell generators. 
And the trooper looks at me and he goes, I said they were yours. Take them back. I'm like, <laughs> he didn't oh, want to deal with them. Man. Ah, wink, wink. Got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to deal with it. He's like, yeah. I, look. He want to track down who they belong to. He's like, ah, no. I released them to you. If they're not yours, throw them out. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's one under my house and one right. at the cabin. So, <laughs> hey, you know, it's how, oh, but tactical wisdom. Are, are you all set up for, uh, you know, the world ending tomorrow during the emergency broadcast test? <laughs> Dude. I hope these people, I hope it does. <laughs> I hope they're right. I hope this is the one thing. Like, I remember Y2K. Yeah. Like, Y2K. People were freaking the fuck out about Y2K. Like, Y2K, man. Let me tell you a little story about Y2K. Like, Y2K happens. A buddy of mine, buddy of mine, high school, we were like, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I had, so I don't remember, I, I might have been a sophomore, um, yeah, I was, I was, 2001, 2000, I was a junior, so anyway, um, because I remember 9-11, yeah, but um, anyway, Y2K, like, we're having this house party. Everybody went out to their New Year's parties. Like his parents had left. We're having this fucking banging party, man. And uh, there's all these girls are there partying. So we're having a good time. And I'm going to play a prank on everybody. I'm going to get them. Right, Y2K is about to go down. I go outside to the breaker. Like They're counting down. <laughs> they got music going. They're counting down. They're throwing down, man. You know, it's high school, so we 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 had like two smearing off ices, and, and and you got more of a buzz than you know how to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> so Definitely. anyway, I go out there, man. I wait, I wait. They're counting down. They get to one, dude. I hit the breaker on the house, shut everything <laughs> off. They freak the fuck out. They were like, "Oh my god, wow!" Oh, no. People were freaking out. They're like, "Oh my god!" Dude, this house is full of people, man. It was like. It was like that's, 30 that's good. You know, I put out a video earlier today where I was like, listen, man, y'all got to calm down. But I also said, you know what? If I was China, though, I would do something with, with the U.S. power right in the middle yeah. of that thing and make everybody freak out. Um, but you know what I suggested is everyone take it as an opportunity to test your stuff, man. Throw your phone in your yeah. Faraday bag. See if it works. Throw your tablet in there. Test your radio network. That's do something. That's a good idea. Like that's a good idea. Have you know, if people are around a bunch of other people who are you know like minded tomorrow, in the middle of the week, you know, at least a couple of y'all put them in Faraday bags and see if your alert goes off. I don't like personally. I don't think the alert's going to work. This isn't the first time they've done this. This isn't the first time they've done this. They they did it before. Remember when Trump did it. Everyone freaked out then too, and nothing. Yeah, they freaked out. They were like, "The left, everybody on the left was freaking out." They were like, "Oh, this is when he's going to declare he's a dictator." Yeah, come on, man. It's going to be a nothing burger. I told people that that they're welcome to tell me if the power's out on the fifth, they can tell me I told you so. Except they won't be able to because there won't be any power. But (laughs) you know, whatever. There ain't going to be no internet. If there's no power, there's no internet. It's just like all the people buying satellite phones. Well, if yeah, all the yeah. phones don't work, who the fuck are you talking to? 
Yeah, and you know what's funny is there's <laughs> so many people think about that? of how those work, right? They're like, if I got yeah. a, a, a satellite phone, I talk to anybody. No, you can talk to somebody with the same brand and service plan as you, and that's only going to be for like five days. Then you're done. It's, Bro, you're better off buying a Starlink. Yeah. I, so I literally had a, a, a consultant the other, or a, a uh, consultee the other day. It was a couple weeks ago. And this guy, he's he's a tech guy out in Southern California, right? He hit me up, wanted private consultation. We were going to do a video conference. And, um, you know, this is, he's a tech guy. Like, he, he's, he's an IT code monkey, like, you know, writes code, does all the things. He literally hits me up and, he, and, and you know, he wants it. He wants communications advice. I'm like, all right, cool, man. You know, like, like, let's do the deal. And he's talking about sat phones. Like, the whole thing was just questions about sat phones. I'm like, hey, look, man. All right. You're in the middle of, of uh, undisclosed city in Southern California. Undisclosed major city in Southern California. Are you familiar with Starlink? And he's like, yeah, I have, I have Starlink. I'm on it right now. And I'm like, okay. So how much you paying per month for Starlink? Well, this is buck fifty a month, right? Yeah. Okay. So are you familiar with Skype? Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Um, and you're on Starlink right now. Yeah. What kind which one you got? You got the travel one, you got the permanent install. Well, I got the travel one because you know I go out in the desert and do cool things. Yeah, right on, man. So why the fuck do you want a satellite phone? Because yeah. you already got everything you need. Yeah, you already got yeah, everything you need. Right? You need, you know. Why? Why do you need a satellite phone? It doesn't make any sense. Like, just think about this. He goes, "It's like I could tell. Like it, it clicked in his head, and he's just like, oh, you're right. So like all these messaging apps that I could be using, I could just use over the over Starlink, and I'm like." Bam! Yes, yeah. When you look at when you look at anti-satellite operations like Iridium and Thales, they operate on small number of them and Inmarsat, small number of satellites. Starlink does not. Right. Starlink has an awful lot of satellites for someone to take out in order to make it not work. So that's that was part of that wasn't the primary reason that that they went with low Earth orbit. Um, latency was was in bandwidth was the primary reason they, they wanted it to be as fast as broadband and uh, that, that's why it's low earth orbit but um, dude geostationary they're sitting ducks they're sitting yeah. ducks I mean it, it's mm, you know it's it's gonna get ugly and and um, you know, like the Russian sats are, are certainly not immune to it either. The GLONASS stuff. And they've got a few other systems that are up there. But the Chinese, they were looking at it kind of the same way. Like, you know, you know they, they have their geostationary birds. They also have low Earth orbit. They, they're, the Beidou system is very interesting. Um, they kind of looked at, at our own vulnerabilities and said, you know, hey, we don't necessarily want to do that. Um, there's reasons for geos, geostationary birds, but you know, anyway, let's talk about just shifting gears, man. Let's talk about your new book that you got out. 
So the long awaited medical guide. Yeah. So I, I went a little different route than most people. You know, when you want when you want to talk about preparedness and first aid, everyone wants to whip out and show you their chest seals and their tourniquets and their battle dressings. And I'm like, okay, everybody hold up your splint. Uh, my what now? You said what now? Um, your splint. Do you have a splint? No. Okay. Well, raise your hand if you've ever been in a gunfight. Oh, you haven't been in a gunfight. Raise your hand if you've fallen down. Oh, I fall down all the time. Well, shouldn't you perhaps prepare more for what's going to happen more, right? Yeah, you should have those skills to, to deal with a gunshot wound. That shouldn't be your primary focus. So my book talks more about all the other things, bites and stings and sprained and broken ankles and, and things like that. But it also talks about it from an 1800s perspective, because here's why. Most modern medical materials out there available for you to buy right now counts on you getting medical care within that golden hour or even a wilderness medicine within three or four hours, right? That's not going to happen in the, in the situation we're talking about. But people had broken bones in the 1800s. We've had them for thousands of years and people have survived. It's going to suck and it's going to hurt a lot more, but that's what whiskey's for, right? And um, you're going to have to set that bone yourself. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So yeah, that's I mean, kind of what it looks at, right? Older school things, less modern medical interventions and more austere medical and, 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 and prior world knowledge that we've had. Right. Right. It, it, you know, it's interesting to me how many people in this day and age just default to the emergency room. Like no matter what, okay, I gotta go to the ER. Like I cut my hand. I see, I see blood. I have to go to the ER. It's like, Nah, you know, nah, not necessarily. Um, you know, like I think I've shared this story with you, but it was a couple of years back. Might have been like three years ago. I was out doing some machete work, um, you know, cleaning out some old brush and like getting it out of the way, and um, went to put the machete back in the sheath, just being an idiot, you know. And holding the sheath in my left hand, had the machete in my right hand, and I sheathed it and and sliced my index finger on my left hand down to the bone. Like, went down to the bone, man. Filleted this thing right open. I thought that I had cut the tip of my finger off. And, um, you know, so I'm, it's bleeding profusely. I look at it, you know, it's, it's open. And I go over to a stand of pine trees that, that, was right by where I was, was doing some work and hack some of the outside of the bark off so that it starts to weep. Yep. I closed the wound up with the pine sap. Pine sap is a natural um, wound sealant, but it's also uh, a, a really good way. It's, it's natural antiseptic. It does so much for us and, um, you know, clean, clean the wound. Closed it right on up. There's a very minor scar that is there. Uh, I've got a very close friend of mine that is an emergency room MD. And uh, he looked at it and he said, man, you know, like I couldn't have done a better job if I was sewing it up. Like it probably yeah. would have looked about the same, you know, well, see, and, and you kinda, can barely notice it. That's the way I wanted to go with this. Right. Um, so that's why a lot of people don't know it, but that's why things in your house, like all the cleaning stuff has a pine scent. It, 
throws us back to the old days when that we used it for cleaning all kinds of things. It was an antiseptic. And so the other thing is, it's like people cut themselves now. The first thing they want to do is go and get a tetanus shot. And I even had my, my mom the other day yeah. try to suggest I go get a tetanus vaccine booster. Nah, fam, I'm not letting them stick needles <laughs> nah. in me for nothing. Uh, but but nah. how about that, that's that's outsourcing your care. Oh, I'll just get a tetanus shot. How about you learn to clean a wound instead and prevent tetanus altogether rather than having to worry about getting a shot? Uh, and we talk about right. things like that and we talk about expired medicines and how to deal with them and how to maybe set up your team for success for some of the emotional things that you you, you don't think of. For example, uh, this one actually came from a conversation Scott and I had in the car driving over to your place was he talked about a time when they had to bury uh, a bunch of civilians killed by ISIS in Syria and the impact mm -hmm. it had on his people. So I've got a whole section in the book about dealing with the fact that Listen, the movies are cool in that the bad, the, the good guys always kill all the bad guys and they run off in the sunset. But in real life, you're going to have to bury those people because it will lead to illness, uh, disease and all kinds of bad things if you don't. So you need to maybe right. mentally prepare yourself. And here are some ideas on what you can do and, and some ideas on how to handle the stress of that. Uh, and by the way, it's probably better if you just burned them all. But, you know, a lot of a lot of societies frown on that. But. A lot of people aren't talking about things like that. They talk about how to treat their wounds and all that stuff, but you have to think of a bigger health picture. If you just allow dead people to accumulate around you, you're going to have health problems. Yeah. And, um, you know, so look at that, a little bit of field, know, field sanitation, good stuff. Yeah, man. It's like, look at this uh, the Congo, Central African Republic, uh, the places that have been wrecked by Ebola. Where did Ebola yeah. come from? Like, where did it come from? It came from the fact that you, they have a belief there that you dig up the dead, the, the, you know, the dead corpse of, you know, whoever it is you put in the ground a couple of days after you bury them and you dance with them. Yeah. Well, you know, what do you think is going to happen? First of all, I don't even know how you pull that off. Yeah. I don't you know how it works. That, but... I don't even know how you do that. <laughs> but, you know, and that's just, but yeah, this is what they do. Like, there's talking about funeral pyres. I mean, that's that's why we had funeral pyres. That that yeah. is a a ancient European tradition of the funeral pyre, and you know, it, it's it's not necessarily one that that you know I don't want to be incinerated. You know, when when ultimately I go. But if that's the way it's got to be done, then, you know, hey, it is what it is. I don't care anymore. I know where I'm going. So it's all good. You know, what's funny but, is uh, we were uh, we were having this discussion on Monday on the show. And Stan was like, well, I'm getting a Viking longboat built. And y'all are going to push me out on Flathead Lake in Montana. And uh, someone's going to have to light it on fire. Yeah. I'm like, well, I can hit it with a bow. He goes, Joe, I think that you need to realize that if I'm dead, you're probably already dead. I'm like. <laughs> right, that's sort of my job, right? If, if he's dead, that's how morbid of you. That's <laughs> <laughs> awful oh. morbid, but thank you. you yeah, know, Stan's I'm a cheerful guy. He's a lot of fun to talk to. <laughs> he is. He is. He, he's. I, I love him, man. I love him, but he does have that. That very. Uh, he has a certain fatalism about him that that owes to. 
uh, his his uh, strong Armenian influence. That um, oh boy, and 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 we got him started on Armenia on Monday, and boy was it a. He's like, I'll go on for three hours if you let me. I'm like, we're not going to let you. <laughs> but yeah, that's true. The Armenian is not exactly a pleasant one. No, it, it, it's it's a bad situation, and it's going to get worse for them. Um, it is going to get worse for Armenia. That it's Nagorno Karabakh is that's over. Um, that that's a done deal. So you know, for everybody that runs around out there, just you know, however you feel about uh, Israeli politics and like that that whole thing, it it, it, it I, I don't personally care where anybody falls on that. But if, you know, you, you're one of these people that runs around, oh, the West Bank, you know, we, they have a right to settle the West Bank and everything. Well, you know, and, and you're not out there saying, hey, Nagorno-Karabakh, the Armenians have a right to it. Um, you know, you, you, you really need to, to back up. Um, this is the oldest Christian population. It's the oldest Christian church on yeah. the face of the earth. And... You know, Armenia already faced one extinction event. You know that that was that was the original Holocaust, and it was yep. the Ottoman Empire seeking to eliminate Christianity. They were purifying themselves for Allah. They they that's what they were doing, right? And it was only until and this is one of the, the very very few times you'll hear me praise the Soviets. But it was only until the Soviets stepped in and said, no, you're not doing this anymore. And, you know, our, that that led to some interesting things with Armenia, uh, interesting politics in the region in general, because not everything is black and white there. Um, well, what's interesting is not, any, not everything is black and white. And the Russians yeah. stepped in again and said, you know, th this is going to stop. They had their barracks blown up by the Azeris. Um you know, so I think that they they all back down because they know that that this is going to to insinuate a much larger war. And this could be the the, the flashpoint for it. You know, um, if you notice too, uh, after this last flare up that led to the to the Armenian surrender, um, the next day four Russian soldiers were killed, and no one has said who did it. After that, I'm my, my right. guess is that means it was the Azeris. So well, and if you look at who is the guiding hand behind the Azeris, you'll find the Turks, but you'll also and, and that, find the United yeah. States. That, that was the next point I was going to make is that, that the Turks made an interesting comment at the end of that, that their goal is to increase commerce among the Turkic peoples that go all of the way over to Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan. And I'm mm -hmm. like, that sounds a little bit to me like rebirth of the Ottoman empire. And uh, exactly I've been saying that for a while about uh, Erdogan. So, yeah, er Erdogan believes that he is the the uh, reformer to bring back Turkey to its its former glory. Yeah, and this is why they renamed Turkey. By the way, they changed the spelling to Turkey or mm -hmm. whatever it is. Yeah, that's why I did that. You know. You, you, these are called action indicators for anybody who doesn't know. I mean, I know you know that, but uh, these these are action indicators. If people start changing things; uh, they're fixing to do something. Um, you know, not necessarily know what it is, but you, you're gonna do something. 
But um, I've been told you know, that that's nationalism and it's a bad and evil thing. I mean, it just is. You know? <laughs> it just is. You you either you either root for the home team or you don't. I mean, it, it's just that. You know, it, that's that's a concept I think a lot of people can can wrap their mind around. You either root for the home team, you either root for the for your people or you don't. You know, yeah, that's what and, I've never and, understood about this whole nationalism is bad. So so what's the alternative then? No nations? Well, the if that's the case, border. then why is everyone coming here? The southern border. Yeah. That's why. That's that that's the alternative. You have uh you know, good good segue into that topic because I th- I think that's a, yeah. a good one for us to jump into. Um, but you know, we, we have right now. This is, uh, you know, our, our own southern border is completely out of hand. You have, if it's been bad in previous years, it's that much worse now. And we, you know, we have Chinese, we have Venezuelan. This was all stuff that we were breaking down on the last Sons of Liberty. You know, it's stuff that you talk about on a daily basis, and I have too. You know, we have now, we have now uh, Jake Sullivan. Jake Sullivan, who is a uh, a familiar face to Democrat uh, establishment types, who was congratulating this woman, uh, Amy Pope. We have Amy Pope, who is an American citizen, by the way, uh, and a, a, a product of, of the Democrat machine in D.C., who has been promoted. She's went on now to work for the United Nations. Um, And this is a quote coming from her Twitter. At a time where climate change, conflict, and inequality are prevalent, migration shouldn't be seen as a problem, but an opportunity for growth, diversity, and stronger societies. Our collective strength lies in our unity. Together, we'll create a better world for all. Better world for all. And meanwhile, we have an unchecked invasion of Chinese nationals, Venezuelans, Nicaraguans, Hondurans, Cubans, you know, and and I'm not talking about South Florida Cubans. I'm talking about communist indoctrinated Cubans. Well, I'll tell you, you, you brought this up the other week, but, uh, the Mexican Independence Day parade was like a reunion of everyone mentioned in the opening credits of Red Dawn, right? Yep. It was uh, yep. it was literally the Red Dawn Alliance marching together in Mexico City. Who boy, that's that's close. Well, I was I was told by one commentator on that that it's no big deal. That's oh, that's no big deal. They do this all the time. The American military has done it. I can't remember not a single time that the American military has marched in a parade with the Mexican military. Never. Never. Or, or in literally anyone else's Independence Day parade. Independence now, would mean you want to march by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless, of course, <laughs> you just struck an alliance and you were going to try to reconquer some land you lost in a war you've been salty about since the 1800s. Conquista. It's uh, that's an outward showing of solidarity is what that is. 
Mm-hmm. They wouldn't dare do that unless they had a reason. Or unless they have a reason. You don't do these things unless it's laying the groundwork for something else. I'll, I'll lay another one on the, the listenership. Military action always follows and it is reflective of economic moves. 100% of the time. Yeah. 100% of the time. They're not doing anything militarily unless the economy is involved somehow. So don't be surprised when Mexico decides to join BRICS and formalizes that. I mean, the invite's already been sent. You know, if you don't think that they're talking behind the scenes and, and they're getting pretty serious about it, you know, it, it, it's a thing. Um, and, and don't think, too, that, that the American hegemony has your best interest in mind either because it doesn't. Remember the the Amero, the North yeah. American Union, all right? This this joint unification of, of Canada and Mexico and the United States. I'm sorry, I don't want their economies. I don't want their burden on us. Uh, not Canada, not Mexico, the United States. We need to focus on us. We can't do that. Uh, we can't. You know, do I put that. out now, an article. Um, yesterday where i talked about having a warrior culture and america used to have one uh but we don't anymore the reason why we don't is we've outsourced our security to a professional military we had a warrior class instead of a warrior culture but in our days of of of, of frontier trust me i'm going to get somewhere with this it's just, it just might take a minute uh in our in our frontier culture everyone was a warrior everyone was ready to fight and defend each other band together it's where Rogers Rangers came from. It's it's been part of our tradition for a long time. Is that a necessity? What's that? Is that a necessity? If, yeah. if you didn't have and, a warrior and culture, really you weren't going to make it. World War One, right? World War One and World War Two, we didn't see any action in North America. So we got this false belief that those oceans protect us. The last war we had that involved the foreign power here was the Mexican-American and Spanish-American wars. And those were fought in the Caribbean, not here. And so we've got this this false sense of security. You're not going to have that in the conflict that is coming. So you need to have a warrior culture and warrior mindset because what's coming across the border right now are Chinese special operators, Iranian special operators. The Russians have always always been here. Uh, you got Venezuelans. We've got all these groups coming that we just talked about. And they're going to be doing a lot of bad things all over the homeland that we've never had happen during wartime before. And if you don't believe me, look up what Marine Corps Installations West did last month. They ran drills on defending Camp Pendleton, 29 Palms, El Toro, uh, and all those places against a ground attack because they anticipate Chinese ground attacks on those installations. Fort Riley just a couple weeks ago ran a drill where they worked the whole weekend without power because they anticipate grid down scenarios in the homeland. This isn't hyperbole. That border is going to kill people in a big way and you need to be ready for it. Yeah. It's we're. Yeah. And this is a kind of a, a difficult conversation for a lot of people to listen to because this isn't, you know, I'm not a tinfoil hat guy. You're not a tinfoil hat guy, man. We we exist in reality, you know, and it's like, hey, this is not a tenable situation. 
Like if you're living in suburbia, this is something I've been saying for years. If you're living in suburbia and you know, you just want normalcy back, you know, well, I, you know, okay. All the stuff is fun. And like the prepping things are fun and going to classes are fun or whatever, but I don't think I'm ever going to really need these skills or like really need some dude. I'm telling you, you're about to get a wake up call like and a real bad one. I don't know how part of this is you and I've spent the last four or five days trying to stop people from believing this whacked out conspiracy theory (laughs) about a stupid wireless (laughs) alerts test. But those same people will be like, no, there's no Chinese coming across the border. Wait, you believe this outrageous outlandish thing, but you don't believe the physical evidence we've shown you. We've shown you Venezuelan troops crossing the border. We've shown you Chinese troops crossing the border. Heck, we've yeah. got some intel about some radio operations going on. I mean, listen, yeah. it's actually yeah. happening right now, and you won't believe it. It's it is it, so weird it, to me. It's, I mean, they. It's easier for people to bury their head in the sand and say, "Well, you know that that's never going to happen." I can buy these books, put them up on my bookshelf. Ah, oh, who cares? You know, like I might get around to reading it. I mean, I've got people that email me. They email me regularly, and I'll answer. I'll, I'll answer emails for the most. I try to stay on top of them. Sometimes I can't, but uh, I try to stay on top of them. People email me questions, and it's like it's very clear that they did not read what I already put out. And so yeah. I'm like, hey, read the book. Read the book. Like if you read the book, it's it's written about as clear as as it can be written. And if that's not good enough for you, you need to come to a class. Um, That's what I was just going to say. Here's the other thing, too, is I'll get a lot of guys who comment. I got Clay Martin's books. I got your books. I got I got uh, NC Scouts radio book. And I'll say, okay, so when's the last time you and your homies got together and went out and did it? Well, well, we all have the book that it does you no good. Unless you get out and move in formation yeah. together, you do a react to contact, you get on two different hills and you send a message back and forth to each other. You jump on a yeah. weekly radio net, do something. It, um, that's a big thing. That's, that's yeah. a big thing. So, I mean, and there's, there's several that are out there. I mean, people, people bitch and moan about, you know, ha- uh, sad hams and all right, man, like it is what it is. Um, that community is what you make of it and they are an easy one to pick on, you know, and I say that amateur extra and, you know, V and all that stuff. Right. And give the test. But so, so yeah, I can say that. Uh, I can say, but, but I will say this, um, get in on a net because you got to know like, all right, does your gear work or not? So like, you know, what, what you're advocating for people getting on weekly nets and GMRS. Yes. Like you absolutely need to be doing that, man. Um, you know, taking your equipment out, seeing if it works. One thing that I strongly encourage people to do, and this will kind of get you into the habit of operating outside of the box. Um, you know, kind of, kind of thinking outside of the spaces that we're, we're tied in is, um, the ARRL, the American Radio Relay League has a monthly VHF and UHF contest. And in case you, you're, you know, you're not familiar with that, um, you know, you're, you're not getting on a repeater. You're not talking to, you know, 
Sal over here that's that's waiting to you know he's he's waiting in line at Golden Corral or whatever. Like you, you no, you, you're not talking to these people. All right, um, for the VHF UHF contest, you're getting on the air, seeing you know uh, on Simplex, you're making those long distance contacts. There's a lot of really cool things that you can do when you graduate past this thinking of you know well, I've got a handheld. And it's you know, all right. You know, the repeater kind of stuff. You, you're you're going to get disenchanted with that very quickly, I promise. But the VHF slash UHF contests and build a Yagi like I describe in the book. Give you painstaking instructions on, on how to build it. Right. Very, very easy. It's fully illustrated. Uh, simple to build. Go out and see what you can do. There, there's uh, parks on the air. There's summits on the air. These these organizations have websites. It's 100% free. It doesn't cost you any money. Um, you know, where you're literally going to a national park somewhere and activating it, it has a uh, identifier to it. Or you go to a, a summit and you're, you're operating from there. You know, you can do this on HF. Uh, and, and this is a real world test. Like we were doing that in class. You know, I was, we got a soda guy when we were in Tennessee, right? Yep. That's normally who I seek out when, you know, the, the students in the RTO course build a HF antenna. We get it up on the air and I'm talking about HF explaining what's going on. And then, you know, we're, we're utilizing it. Well, that's, you know, I'm looking for the soda guys. I don't want to necessarily make a contact with people who are, you know, having a conversation on the air. Like, you know, their their ham radio experience is social media, essentially. They, yes. It's, it's the original social media, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a different category, man. I, I'm not concerned with those people. They, I'm not saying they're not useful, but they're not useful to me in, in that role. And, you know, all right, whatever, man. That's cool. But, you know, in, and, you know, you're getting into digital stuff. There's a lot that you can do with VHF and UHF. And, um, you know, if if that stuff doesn't float your boat, I mean, over on the forum, forum.brushpeter.org, we've got a radio group over there. Yeah. And uh, the Radio Recon group, um, you know, and there's others. There and, are you, know, you can listen in on HF nets without a license all the time. In yeah. fact, for those who are interested, tomorrow during the wireless test, S2 Underground is going to run his GhostNet uh, test for the first time. It's all digital, all HF. You don't need a license to listen. Just get on there and see if you can pick up a contact. It's a great skill builder. Uh, I think people need to do this a lot. And, you know, you're thinking about the guys who are just talking. That reminded me of our, our buddy Randy, not a Rubicon, when he says, listen, if you want to yeah. get on there just to meet strange men, <laughs> use Grinder. <'cause laughs> <laughs> well, they those those same strange men might call themselves the demon of the streets and murder you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. In Philadelphia. I thought that was ironic, man. I saw that shit this morning. Dude, yeah. dude, dude got killed. It's yeah, but but people were posting that video that he put up. Of, of all the sorority girls dancing in the house yeah. and they're all they all have, like have texas t-shirts on and he was like this must be what hell looks like and i'm like bro that's the chicken ranch man like the chicken <laughs> ranch is a real place <laughs> man 
telling you, if I want married, mm, I'd be up in there. Yeah, I'd be yeah. right in the middle. Be wow. it, mm, all all. It, I, I saw that video, and and Hank Jr. popped in my mind, man. <laughs> Live the love, Texas women. I was like, ooh. Yes, this sir. Really, that's in the radio concert. I hear you sing. That's right. That's right. I'm a terrible singer. I'm the worst. Listen, I'm not the worst. Nah, you know who the worst singer as is? the night wears on and you have more whiskey. So, yeah, it does, man. It does. We 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 have another mutual friend, ironically, who's from Philadelphia, and um, he uh, he has a he has a name that rhymes with Jane, and uh-huh. every time this crazy fool calls me. I'm well, normally I'm, I'm intoxicated this last time. And, uh, uh, Chris Weatherman, angry American was down here too. And uh, he actually called him and, and I, was, I was sitting there for it. And I do, I do my rendition. Every time he calls me, I do my rendition of, uh, Jefferson starship Jane oh. instead of Jane. It's his name. And I, <laughs> I'll hit them high notes. Jane! I hit it, dude. Yeah, he's like, bro, you got the pipes on you, dog. I'm like, that's terrible. Damn, my oh, voice is man. terrible, especially after like two or three cigars. Oh yeah. Ooh, oh, yeah. ooh. Then, it, then I, then I go all Alex Jones about that. Well, you see what the, what's going to happen is. <laughs> I think we need to have a serious tinfoil hat session this time down. Um, pass the tinfoil hat around. Everyone talk like Alex Jones. People people have to share their wildest conspiracy theory. Like whatever it is that they can't be talked out of. Like, no, telling you. This is mine. I mean, you know mine. Mine is Stephen Hawking. Yes, I do know yours. Yours makes a lot of sense. There's no way Stephen Hawking was real. Like he was a real person at one point, yeah. But the Stephen Hawking that we saw, they that they rolled out, that wasn't real, man. That was animatronics. That was a wax sculpture. You know, I, I, no way, I believe man. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was dead for over a year before they actually yeah. announced her death. So Feinstein, man. It's awful interesting that Feinstein magically dies on a Friday, where you know, we all know that. The news cycle thing you need for the weekend happens on Friday. Yeah. Always happens on Friday. So they she also know, made a vote like literally you know. right after she died. So she, she did. Died, she did. She totally did. It's like, how'd you vote on that? You was dead, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You ain't dead. <laughs> you can't vote on that. You dead. Yeah. Put your hand down. Put your hand down. Cut weekend at Bernie. Uh, weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at, at Diane's. There's probably going to be a. They're probably going to have a, a parade and state funeral for her in China at this point. They probably I will. Mean, she was one of the best spies. One of the best sources of information. That's it. Yeah, man. They they made a big deal. Oh yeah, she, her her driver was a Chinese. She was a Chinese spy. Your driver yeah. in in the Senate. Ain't a Chinese spy for 20 years and nobody knows. Nobody yeah. knew. Bullshit. Yeah, it just so happens to be what all committees was she on? 
I don't Senate know when she was turned on, but over the last 20 years, she's been on almost all of them. All of them. Yeah. All of them. That's that's the king piece right there. The queen piece. She's on all think of about, them. Think about how much she had to have given up to them, right? Yeah. Man. Yeah, I mean, Man. yeah. Just handing it to them. Does anybody remember when when our aircraft got brought down in China back in the late nineties? Anybody remember that? Yeah, huh. the Hainan Island incident. Yeah. Uh huh. Huh. Yeah. Wonder. I wonder. Wonder how they got off course, right? Mm. Well, they, you know, I mean, how many secrets did they hand out? I mean, there there was the the uh, Los Alamos nuclear lab. Remember that one? Yeah. That was another one. It's just like and they just huh. caught two. They just caught two inside the Marine Corps amphibious programs. <clears throat> and who could forget, you know, the lovers' quarrel at UNC Chapel Hill? <laughs> yeah, that is that was, too that soon? Totally... <laughs> oh, that's been memory hold now. It's like, oh, oh yeah. Whoop. Everybody Too forgot many about people that pointed out that they were both Chinese and both from Wuhan, and all of a sudden they're like, look, look over here. Hey, Diane Feinstein died. <laughs> like, and now we have all these Chinese that are coming up. It, you know, folks, you got to actually look at that video. Uh, I know you shared it, I shared it mm -hmm. video um, where the guy is going down the line. Asking them, yeah. you know, hey, you Chinese, you coming to America, are you Venezuelan coming to America. <clears throat> I want you to, to watch that and notice the body language of, of at least half the people that were saying the one that were around and looked away from the camera. Yeah. There was one guy who was Chinese when the, the one Chinese guy was kind of goofy looking and he's like smiling because there's a camera and he, he but the guy standing behind him that yeah. dude was staring daggers through him and then he like glances at the camera real quick and then looks away that's just like yeah. a dog that's fixing to bite you man it's the same yeah. thing they're like well, i said to you look nah. at all the haircuts right haircuts were all military haircuts. Um, their deportment <clears throat> you know we we can spot yeah. a fellow military guy from a mile away uh, the, yeah. the way they were wearing their gear. So like the average person wears their backpack like loose and hanging. These guys had them high and tight on their backs, strapped all the way around, sternum straps on. These dudes yeah. have rucked a time or two in their life. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting to get at. And then there's the video of the Venezuelan and the Chinese dude talking. You know, uh, you and Matt from Nightbridge brought up a very interesting point yesterday. When he pointed out that there are 300 to 500,000 Chinese construction workers in South America. Right. That, that's like 10 divisions. Right. And, yep. and, and what do they do when they're done with their project? And where do you suppose China sources those people from? So it's, it's going to send them back home. Yeah. They don't need them. All right. You're surplus mm -hmm. population. So. You begin to put it together like, all right, why are they? Why is Venezuela building 50,000 AKs a year? They started this. Rosanef from Russia. And this is all of you out there, uh, the people that have left me very flowing, wonderful, flowery emails that I didn't fucking read because I ain't got time to do it. 
<clears throat> call me a, a you know a, a, a Putin agent and a nah man. Look, these people. The look, the Russian Federation wants the collapse of the United States, and they've wanted it since you know way back in the day. They that's that's been their goal. We've been competing powers. There's a smart way to fight them, though, and Ukraine is not it. All right, Ukraine is not it. Ukraine is not our problem. And logistically, there was absolutely no way that we would be able to pull anything off there. And we were right. We were right about the whole thing. All right, we were right from the outset. So show me the results. If it was shown, point to where I was wrong about any of this stuff. Meanwhile, we didn't look at South America. We turned a blind eye to all that. Oh, and well, we didn't just toss that up, let the State Department deal with it. So we let Nikki Haley, of all people, mismanage everything that was going on down there when she was the ambassador to the UN. Ugh. You know, and, and look at what they did. Look at what they did. Our, our lone reliable asset that we had down there in the form of the Colombian government is gone. That's it's gone. gone. Yeah. All right. Gustavo Petro was a communist guerrilla. He was a communist insurgent. Was elected as vice president. You should go back and look at his political campaign. It was very similar to Barack Hussein Obama's. Very similar. All right. Same yeah. symbology, everything. It was all the same. What do we do? We 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 didn't give any support to the right wing candidate at all. We just left him flapping in the breeze. The military leadership down there, we left them flapping in the breeze. They're done, right? That that's finished. And immediately, Petro turns to the Russians, turns to the Chinese, officially recognizes them and invites them into the country. And stated, by the way, that he should he is shutting off oil exports to the United States because Colombia has a lot of that too. Right, said no, we're not doing that. Venezuela botched color revolution there. We botched it, totally botched it. Brazil, Brazil, we allowed successful color revolution. Yeah, we allowed Lula, we allowed him because we turned our back on Bolsonaro. Oh, that Bolsonaro guy, he's like Trump. Right, guess what? What did Lula do the day? The day that he went to Washington D.C., what did Lula, what did the government of Lula welcome into their country? Iranian no. ships. Bam. <laughs> yeah, that was a message. Is what that An Iranian was. drone carrier, which is a very scary thought. And ironically, yep. about a week before that, Venezuela launched their largest amphibious operations drill ever. Who mm-hmm. does Venezuela plan to invade from the sea? Mm-hmm. Only one place. I've seen this movie. So yeah, it was I've a wonderful documentary starred Chuck Norris in it called Invasion USA. <laughs> right. I've seen this movie. Yeah. I mean, we like in all seriousness though, like we, we can laugh about that, you know, like make fun of 80s movies or whatever as Chuck Norris, but and there was a lot of truth in that movie, though. You go back and watch it, like the the whole gray zone warfare of of literally what is happening, and they were pulling some real world shit from that. Like, all right, so all the the Cuban migrants that were coming in because Castro literally dumped the prisons and said, "Hey, you know, we're just going to do it." Well, that's gra- that's what gray zone warfare is. It's just I'm going to flood you 
with all of these people that I know are going to cause you problems and, and literally to overwhelm your, your capacity to deal with it. This is why this morning so the ATF put out that alert that you and I saw, right? Yep. ATF is oh, warning yeah. gun dealers in Texas to be on the lookout for people who want to buy large caliber rifles, 50 caliber and larger, or belt-fed guns mm-hmm. uh, throughout Texas. Yeah, that's because of the border. That's not anything else. I'm going to tell you that right now. And I bet the people they're talking about speak Chinese uh, and not right. uh, not Spanish. So. Yeah, it, it's the the situation is rapidly deteriorating and like look at where we are right now look at where we are right now and look back at five years ago look back at 10 years ago how much further we are along yeah like this would make a very strong case for you know you you need to be prepared for this you need to be working with your communities you'd be working with those people around you you need to be actively doing that like the time to be sitting behind your damn TV, watching bullshit sports ball, and and sitting there talking about you know how how much your team sucks this season. Nobody gives a shit, dude. Talking Nobody about cares. Taylor Swift coming to the football game. Don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't uh, care about Zena, either of those things. Zena daughter, bro. <laughs> God, <laughs> I don't care. Oh, that's another one. That's what that is. So, like, seriously, look up for anybody that hasn't ever seen this. Did I show you this last time you were down here? What? Zena LeVay? No. Taylor Swift? Oh, you see, you don't even know what I'm talking about. Look up Zena LeVay. It's Anton LeVay's daughter. Look up Zena LeVay, Taylor Swift. Look them two up. Wait, oh, just, just type that in. You're pulling it up right now, are you? I'm about to if I can get out what I'm doing over so here. So the the high priestess of the Satanic Church looked the two of them up. Really, Zena Levey in like the the late eighties. Here's the theory that Taylor Swift is a Satanist clone. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying she is, and I'm not well, saying I necessarily believe it, but. Dude, I'm I looking at a picture of this Zena LeVay. There you go. Look at look at him. Look, uh, that's an uncanny resemblance. Wow. You know, I'm just saying, man. Like there, there might be a degree of separation between them, but I don't know, man. They might be cousins. They, wow. they. That's interesting. Yeah, they're kin somewhere along the line. I mean, you, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that Taylor Swift is a high priestess of the Satanic Church, but I'm also at the same time not saying that she's not the high priestess of the Satanic Church. Well, it's all I record. Say this. Um, <laughs> I think she's probably as much related to this uh, LeVay chick as Justin Trudeau is to Fidel Castro. Yeah. <laughs> That's his boy, man. There's, there's no way. There is absolutely no way. No way. So if you you Google this, guys, there is a ton of photos of them side by side. They're literally the same person. There's no way that's not his kid, man. That is his kid. They hung like like, uh, Pierre Trudeau hung out with Castro. Castro was well known to get around. Pierre Trudeau was 
you know, well, there were some rumors about him. You know, he kind of enjoyed the the company of other men. That was the rumor. I, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't around now, but uh, that's just what, you know, that was what they said. You know, so his wife is like, and, and, and I mean, Castro, Fidel Castro wasn't a bad looking dude back in the day. You know, it was like, all right. Let me let me give you the grand tour of uh, of uh, Havana, you know. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, we started the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> over, you know. Well, over here is you know our 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 bars and the nightlife. And over here is the toilet, and here's the bedroom. Get in. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, man. It's, yeah. You know that reminds me. Fidel Castro reminds me. I'm really looking forward to seeing Dollar Store Che Guevara this weekend. <laughs> oh man, he. I think. I think the Patriot Man himself, who who has a striking resemblance to Fidel Castro. He does. Um, he does. I, I can't decide I, which one looks like more, but he looks like like a cross between both of them, he, like the love child of Fidel and uh, and Che. And che. Yeah, he he <laughs> does, man. He 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 is. Everybody is excited. Like like all the op four guys are are super super excited to get there. But I think um, I think he's he's like more excited than anybody else. Yeah. He's just so like I'm so ready to be there, and I'm. Yeah, I hear you, brother. Me too. You know, it's, it's a good time for the students to get a chance to shoot at us all. So it's always, uh, oh always yeah, a yeah, always a plus. You get a training experience like none other. That's for sure. You know, we're gonna be we we you know in the scout course, you get to shoot at people with blanks. Um, it is it is a small unit tactics experience like none other, and uh, it is a heck of a lot of fun. A uh, heck of a lot of fun. You're going to have more fun in that class than you ever thought you could have running up hills in every direction. So. <laughs> I have learned this valuable <laughs> lesson. Um, so I've incorporated a lot more hills in my training plan. Um, like my guys are like, dude, we'll go eight miles. You never break a sweat. I'm like, yeah, on flat ground. Go down to this dude's place, man. Mm-hmm. It's like. It's no, like you look up at the, the hills, like oh, about it is, is that it's so real, right? You're using your yeah. own gear. You're not using an airsoft gun or whatever. You're using your actual rifle and the sights and sounds, and it gets pretty mm-hmm. intense. And some guys can't handle it, but but that's where you need to be, right? That's the training you need yeah. to have. That's a big part of it, man. Is is you know bring your weapon that you put together for you know whatever purpose it is you envision. You know, you're because everybody talks all that shit online of like, oh, this is my DMR setup and this is my general purpose setup and this my is my recce rifle. I'm gonna punch yeah, my recce rifle, recce rifle, my CQB footwork rifle or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you're just like, all right, man. Well, you know, let's throw a, a blank firing adapter on there and guess what? This is shit you're gonna use. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, I've had them do this, man. They're like. Oh, but that rifle was too heavy, so I went and got this other one. Yeah. Right. Okay, so you think this is going to be any different? Yeah, exactly. I got a new BFA, so I think uh, I think things are going to work better. I don't have to do bolt action work. So. <laughs> 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 Although 
with you standing right behind me, I did take out an entire squad of dudes with the old bolt action. <laughs> it can be done. It can, it can be, be done. done. Yeah. Put a little bit of rapid fire and, you know, a little bit of discipline. And if they don't know where you are shooting them from. That's a that's a good part of it too. That was the best part. They didn't realize I slipped between their lines and uh, mm-hmm. came up behind them. Little, I may not look like live it, start collapsing. <laughs> it's my only Did hope. I, I can't run up those shit, hills. I gotta be at? quiet and sneak. <laughs> yeah, man. But brother, it has been an awesome podcast just sitting here shooting shit really folks it's a it's a celebration party of getting the fourth the, the fifth volume i was the fourth volume that that's been a wow I don't know. The fifth volume, number, five, man. number five getting that kicked out there getting it out folks awesome knowledge awesome book and an even better individual you know we support our own and you know joe Congratulations for getting this book out. Even bigger congratulations for having a number one new release on Amazon, man. That is that is huge, huge, huge. And uh, congratulations at it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, that's it's no no slowing down, man. No slowing down. But uh with all of that said, folks, we are about to have an incredible time. For the scout course, the recce course that is coming up. And, um, you know, I, I know I'm personally looking forward to it. Get out there, get some training. And even if you're not doing training in a, a structured environment, get out this weekend to do something productive. Uh, definitely want to be doing something productive out there. With that said, folks, brushbeater.store got a new radio that I'm going to be talking about later on. That is released now. Um, IR lasers, night vision, thermal, all of that stuff will be coming in stock this month. The first batch of IR lasers, well, really the second batch that came in, literally uh, has sold out in a day, uh, less than a day, just a matter of hours. And, and we sold out. I think I've got a couple more that should be a couple of more batches that should be here soon. So if you didn't get in on that one, that's all right. We've got more, but the U S night vision designate IRs are uh, just really, they, they, and I think that is the hottest product in night vision right now. And the demand certainly shows it Uh, the lowest profile on any rail. The price point is perfect on them. The durability is excellent and uh, all the features. And of course it is us made as well, but all that stuff is over at brushbeater.store as well as the training calendar and the 2024 dates are going to be going up soon. Very, very soon. With all that said, folks, God bless, stay safe, stay sane. And I will be talking to you again very, very soon. This is NC scout out.